Hi, this is Sean Parker with Fill in the Blank. Today we have Judge Gina Russo from the Franklin County Municipal Court with us. And we're going to learn a lot about Judge Russo. We're going to learn about where she came from and her ideals, the struggles that she had to get to where she is today, and the difference that she's hoping to make with another term on the municipal court bench. So with that, welcome Judge Russo to our podcast, and we're very excited to have you and to hear what you're, what you're going to be doing today and in the future. Thank you, and thank you, Sean. Thank you, PJ. Thanks for having me here today. Uh, it's an honor to be here with you and share some time this afternoon. Great, great. So, so you are on the municipal court bench. You see a variety of cases. Obviously, it's been a very, very challenging term that you've had to fill on this bench with everything that's going on in the world. Are we headed in the right direction, or do you think that we have a lot of room for improvement? And if so, how do we improve, and what mechanisms do we do to bring the communities together? Yeah, so, well, just a little bit about me, my, my background. I, um, I come to the bench with uh, nearly 20 years of experience. I started my law profession um, at the Voorhees Law Firm here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, that's a civil litigation firm. I was there for about 10 years where I civil uh, litigated all types of civil cases, um, including uh, cases that I defended some very important constitutional rights all the way up to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, after that experience, I really felt um, and found my calling in public service. So I became an assistant prosecuting attorney uh, here in Franklin County where I served for seven years. Isn't that a little backwards to start out with a private firm, then move to a prosecutor's office? Yes, it absolutely is. It usually goes the other way around. Um, usually people do come out and are prosecutors or public defenders or work uh, in, in public positions first and then go into private practice uh, later. Um, but for me, I came out, I had done my summer associate program at Boris. Um, so it was a natural next progression for me to start out as an associate there. And while I was there, I just felt uh, compelled to the courtroom and compelled into public service. So served in that capacity for seven years where I uh, prosecuted all kinds of crimes, um, felony indictments, uh, upper level uh, criminal cases, even murder cases. I did that for seven years. Um, and then I was appointed to the Court of Common Pleas in March of 2019. Uh, and I was appointed again uh, to the municipal court bench in March of 2021. Uh, so I've been a judge in some capacity in this county for the last three years. Um, yeah, I'd like to continue. Good, 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 good. <laughs> T tell me just a little bit more about how you transitioned from private practice to public practice. There had to have been something that called you there or that you saw a deficiency or a need to serve in that capacity because, I mean, generally from my perspective, that usually means a pay cut, longer hours, um, and that you're actually in this to do something to either help people or help society. Yes. So, you know, being a civil litigation associate was very fulfilling and it was rewarding in, in many different ways. Um, and of course, I developed a lot of really wonderful relationships as a civil litigator. Um, but I really felt called into the courtroom, first and foremost. I really wanted to be a trial lawyer 
And in this day and age, there isn't as many opportunities in the private sector as there are in the in the public sector to try cases and to be in and out of the courtroom. But more importantly, um, I really wanted to be uh, working among the public. Um, you know, as a as a prosecutor, um, you. Um, represent the state of Ohio, but in doing that, you stand up for victims of crime. Um, to be a great prosecutor, you have to be seeking justice, not just convictions, but you have to do the right thing and seek justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a truth-finding measure that's uh, following the evidence. It's letting the evidence do uh, all the work. Um, I've got to work with many different um, people and parties and individuals as a prosecutor, uh, you know, not only victims of crime, but but defendants who commit crimes who are often victims of crimes themselves. Um, worked with court staff, uh, bailiffs, juries, um, all kinds of people. So you really do have to get into tune uh, with the people that you serve, the people in Franklin County, and that was a really rich and rewarding position as a prosecutor. Nice, nice. So I know one of the things in your campaign in the past, you seem to have an affinity and a like for the specialty dockets, which is something that I've talked about before with many people. I see a very human side of the court system when we when we actually attack people uh, or, or attack the, the, the dangers of human trafficking, the dangers of opioids, the dangers that that affect veterans in a veterans court that are different than what the average person coming in with a fender bender or uh, another type of misdemeanor have. Uh, what's your experience with that? Is that is that the right way to to help solve problems in a judiciary or in a society? Uh, is that is that a good thing? Is it um, just kind of curious what your thoughts are. On yeah, that. so I, I'm actually a huge proponent of the specialty dockets, and, and in order to answer this question um, thir- more thoroughly, mm-hmm. um, I'll back up and say that my judicial philosophy is very simple. It's it's twofold. Um, every case that comes in front of me, I'm always looking first and foremost, uh, how do I help this per- person improve their lives or their current situation? They're obviously being brought into court uh, for some reason. So I try to identify the issue that it is that they're struggling with because I truly believe that if we get down to the heart of the issue, we're going to stop that recidivism. We're going to stop the cycle of behavior that's causing them to, to come into uh, the courtroom and, and in front of me, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can identify and appropriately identify that issue, whether it be a mental health issue, whether it be alcohol and drug, whether they um, are in a cycle of human trafficking, um, whether it's uh, uh, some sort of behavioral health issue or addiction issue, um, we try to identify that first and then appropriately treat that issue with resources that we have. Um, last year, uh, serving as a common pleas court judge, um, I uh, tried to fill the void that we have there in common pleas, the Franklin County Court of Common Pleas, and I tried to work to create the first mental health specialty docket in Franklin County Court of Common Pleas. Mm-hmm. And I worked uh, with former Justice um, Evelyn Lundberg Stratton. She's a huge proponent of, of identifying and treatment of mental health issues in the criminal justice system, and she's done a remarkable job. Uh, and getting several programs and specialty dockets um, uh, implemented in various counties throughout the state of Ohio. Uh, so she kind of took me under her wing. We were working on that um, 
uh, on that project, uh, was co- cut short from doing that, but I was grateful and fortunate enough to be reappointed to the municipal court. And in the municipal court, there are several specialty dockets already in existence. So we have a mental health court there. We have um, an alcohol and drug court. We have a recovery court. We have a catch court, which works with human, uh, excuse me, uh, survivors of human trafficking. Um, And actually, I took over uh, the docket for uh, Judge Herbert, who started that program, the catch Mm -hmm. court. I do not have the catch court docket myself right now, but... um, uh, having taken over his docket and had multiple conversations with Judge Herbert, I'm very close to uh, and and have learned a lot about that docket, and it's remarkable. Uh, the second prong of my judicial philosophy, and I feel like I'm being long-winded here, but no, 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 um, please, please, please. <laughs> I mean, th- this is we we want to get to know you because that is the essence of where our society moves forward. So thank you yes, for sharing yes. this. Um, that second prong, which is equally important, is uh, keeping our community safe. So. Um, understanding that uh, uh, there might be dangerous situations where there is a victim involved or the person might be a a danger to him or herself even. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it's the judge's responsibility to know that, to appreciate those dangers and to protect uh, society and the community. Um, So as long as I'm balancing those two uh, general objectives, one, how can I help this person? What resources do I have available to me, which includes the specialty dockets? Um, We also have several partnerships with community outreach organizations, um, housing, food, shelter, um, other linkages that we can make with regard to counseling. Um, whatever resources are available to me, I've always got to be thinking about how do I get this person in a better, uh, more healthy, stable, consistent, and productive lifestyle. Uh, and balancing that with the needs of the community as uh, at large. Um, am I keeping everyone safe in doing this? Does this person pose a danger? And what do I need to do and what measures do I need to take to keep people safe? Talking about resources, um, where would you like to see resources beefed up? Um, I know there's, I, I've read many studies on early, early um, childhood education, uh, getting involved with kids before kindergarten that actually helps keep them out of courts and out of the cycles that that, 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 that in, entails. I've read things about uh, teenage engagement and, you know, making sure that the kids have, you know, sports leagues. We used to have the PAL League, the Police Athletic League. Uh, which isn't isn't around anymore, but I know when I was growing up, that was a big thing for a lot of kids growing up in Columbus. Um, what what do you think are the areas that we should be pointing more resources towards to help the community? You know, a lot of a lot of the things that I see in in the Franklin County Municipal Court, which is affectionately referred to as the People's Court. Um, really, the problems really come from from poverty and from um, the inability. Um, either through employment or education uh, opportunities. Um, so I'd really like to see additional resources and efforts into helping people um, get jobs and obtain um, employment and mm-hmm. education. Those educational opportunities are so important. Um, you know, of course, there's a, a large prevalence of, of drugs. Um, there's um, alcohol and drug issues on our streets currently now. There's um, easier access, I think, to, to guns and weapons that I'm seeing lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can get to the source and get more people employed, helping them to live productive, healthy, and stable lifestyles. I think that starts to create a very uh, healthy routine. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
hopefully from there, the other areas of their life, whether it be alcohol and drugs, all of that improves once we get somebody stabilized working uh, in school and um, uh, basically providing for themselves and their families. Okay. I, I agree with that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, tell me about the burden of being a judge. Uh, when, you, when you're sitting working with people, uh, do you take that home with you or are you able to leave that at the court? How does, how, how does your day go? Is that, uh, it, it, I'm sure that there are things that you have to see that others fortunately don't have to see and uh, that that's probably a very challenging thing. Um, how, how does that work? I'm just kind of curious. You know, I, if you are not having uh, at least some sleepless nights, if you are not struggling uh, on an issue or um, debating it over in your mind and constant deliberating over what you should and should not do, I don't think you're doing your job as a judge correctly, frankly. Hmm. Um, since I became a judge in March of 2019, you know, I'm a spiritual person, so I pray a lot about a lot of the decisions that I have to make. Um, I pride myself on not being impulsive or reactionary. I think you really need to think through an issue, and sometimes it takes um, a day or two, and sometimes it takes weeks before you understand uh, and come to a conclusion as to what it is that you actually want to do. Uh, and, and through experience um, and through having uh, encountered certain situations before, you develop a roadmap, you develop uh, a barometer of, of where certain cases should come out. But sure, I, I there's a couple of decisions even in the last month I can tell you that I take home with me, uh, I will continue uh, to think about. Um, because we're all human at the mm -hmm. end of the day. Um, you know, I, I think about the people that I serve. I care about the people that I serve. And I, I want the best for them. And sometimes making um, being a judge requires you to make very, very, very tough decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, it's just one of the things that I think about when I see people in the black robe. And I think, my goodness, sometimes you really have to walk out of there and think, you saw some things that are just very, very challenging and probably questioned how much good did you do in a person's life, recognizing that you have a responsibility to both society and to that person as a member of society. And when you can make two good things happen, it's a plus. Along that line, I mean, what, what, what's a couple of things where you've seen some successes uh, in terms of what you're doing? So, you know, it, it's been funny, but over the course of, of the years that I've been serving as a judge, those those quote-unquote successes don't happen immediately. Um, they're not something that you're sitting in a courtroom and you're like, yes, I just nailed that decision. Um, it happens over time. So you work with people, you work with people, you work with people, and the best feeling that I've ever gotten is when – uh, I, I, it was unexpected. I've been on the street, and this has happened at least, I don't know, four or five times over the past year where somebody will come up to me. Uh, they're, they're unfamiliar to me. I don't know them. And they say, Judge Russo, I want to introduce myself to you. I'm so-and-so. I need to thank you because you worked with my son or daughter. You, wow. you helped my, my daughter kick her heroin habit, or you got my son over his opioid addiction. Um, you didn't have to. You could have sent them off to prison or incarcerated them, but you continued to work with them uh, when the situation otherwise seemed hopeless or helpless, and um, they're doing great. 
and they're thriving. Um, they have jobs. They're they've kicked their their heroin habit or their opioid habit, and they're and they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And those are the most rewarding um, parts of being a judge. That that's when you're like, I get it, and this is why I'm doing it, and this makes it all worth it. But those aren't those aren't the things that happen immediately in the courtroom. Th- those are those are well out of sight. Um, when that person goes off into society and they've they've done the work that they've needed to do on their own. Uh, and it feels really good to be able to help people in that way. That's exceptional. I mean, when somebody comes up to you with that kind of a message, because um, you never, I always say that 99% of what you do, you never get thanked for. But it sounds like you have some people that you've really, really been able to help change their lives or their families' lives in a positive direction, which is a great thing. Um, kind of a fun question. Who inspires you in the world of justice? Or have you had a hero that's that's uh, you know really lit a candle for the for the light that you follow. Well, I think a couple, but I, I've already mentioned her. Uh, you know, former Justice um, Evelyn Lemberg Stratton. I think that you know she was affectionately referred to when when she served as the Velvet Hammer because I think that Velvet Hammer philosophy or or that Velvet Hammer um, sort of um, example, if you will, kind of. Uh, encapsulates all of or captures my judicial philosophy both to help people improve their lives but also knowing when you have to be a little bit more stern because you have to protect society Mm -hmm. Uh, you have to protect the community so that velvet hammer um, sort of illustration captures that improving people, uh, helping people improve their lives, but also keeping the community safe. Uh, and and we've had so many conversations over the over the years that I've known her, and she's been mentoring me. Uh, and she just makes sense. She's a common sense type judge. She is a practical judge. Uh, she cares about people deeply and helping people improve, um, helping the system improve. Uh, with the mental health uh, work that she's doing, and I could not um, follow her lead more. Great. No, that's what, that's very that's very complimentary. Very. I'm sure if she listens to this, she'll have a great <laughs> smile on her face. And then I'll tell you along that line, um, what other what else should we know about Gina Russo as a person and Judge Gina Russo as a jurist uh, when people go to the polls to make their decision? Well, thank you. I, you know, I guess the the one thing that I um, would like people to know is that I am a very down to earth, um, open, uh, fair, impartial, and compassionate judge. Um, I started for many of, of you who, who do not know, but um, I started a program this year with Judge Stephanie Mingo called Beyond the Bench Community Conversation. Um, when I first became a judge, I understood that I was taking on a very remarkable responsibility. And my responsibility would require me to make very tough decisions, but but also decisions that are life-altering on many uh, different levels and, and could positively um, impact people's lives. And so I, I thought to myself, how, how am I going to make these kind of very um, important decisions um, in just the three or five minutes sometimes that I have with, with people? How, how do I do that? Um, so I met with uh, a lot of religious, um, civic, educational, charitable uh, leaders in the community. I met with any and every organization that I possibly could. And I started the conversation. I just simply sat down with people and said, um, 
I'm Judge Gina Russo. What kind of questions do you have for me? Uh, let's get the conversation going. I wanted them to know that I was always going to be open and accessible, and I have a, a, an open door policy. Um, but that enabled me to become uh, better informed and better equipped to be a judge and make decisions from the bench. So when I teamed up with Judge Stephanie Mingo, she sort of had that same philosophy and, and idea about how and what kind of judge she wanted to be. So we started Beyond the Bench, and it's, it's uh, for short referred to as BTB, where we go out into the community and we meet with many different organizations, groups, uh, individuals, um, all over the county. And, and the, the point of it is simply to uh, engage in active listening and, and promote positive community engagement and to be visible uh, mm-hmm. as your elected officials and as your um, judges. You know, we should have talked about that a little bit earlier. So with Beyond the Bench, what themes do you hear consistently when you go out and meet with the people of Linden or the people of the Hilltop and, and, and actively participate and listen to what their concerns are? Are there, are there common themes that you have on a recurring basis, or are they more specific about, uh, about justice or the judiciary? Um, just kind of curious what the community's uh, reaction is. So first, the reaction is it's very well received. You know, I think um, people people love that their elected officials will come and hang out with them one-on-one and just want to hear what they have to say. Um, people people want to be heard. They want to be heard, whether it's a housing issue, whether it's a uh, alcohol and drug issue, whether it is the prevalence of, of violence in their neighborhood, uh, whether it's uh, trash um, in their neighborhood, or, or they, they want um, uh, cleaner neighborhoods, uh, safer streets. We've, he- we've heard it all from the community. And um, I think, though, the far more important thing that we have gotten from this is that people feel heard. They feel respected. They, mm-hmm. they know that we're listening. Uh, and they know that we're taking their concerns back to the bench so that we can become better judges and serve our communities better. Wow. So it's kind of the social contract that we have as, uh, as, as citizens with our elected officials that is kind of absent. It's been a little bit absent in a, in a lot of respects. And here are the judges coming out, the last people you might think about coming out and having those, those connections. Kudos to you and kudos to Judge Mingo for doing that because I know that also it removes a lot of the fear and intimidation of people as to what our judiciary is about. So that's yeah, that's and you know plus. we we tell um, people when we go and we have these conversations that we're not going to have the instant answers for you. We're not going to have um, the solutions to every problem. Uh, we can't talk about pending cases. So we, we we tell them all of that, but. The, the, the bigger, the broader purpose is tell us what's going on. Tell us what you need us uh, to know uh, so that when we do go back to our job, we can do it better. We can serve this Franklin County uh, better. Have you learned through that? Oh, yeah. A tremendous amount. Tremendous amount. And, and frankly, um, you know, being a judge, you cannot do these things in a vacuum. These are things, these conversations that we've had with, with the community and the people that we serve, this is not the kind of stuff that you learn in a newspaper. You don't learn it from the news. You learn it from having heart-to-heart, sit-downs, one-on-one conversations with people. Wow. It's, it's interesting. I, I listen to the words that you use, and I hear conversations. I hear listening I hear a lot of empathy. It's very interesting because I think of you and Judge Mingo 
and some of our other judges as modern judges, people who are solving problems in society while keeping the law applied and keeping that balance of, of law and order out there, but recognizing that you work for the people. So that's a very, very nice thing. Uh, tell us about your social media. What else can, if people want to follow Judge Gina Russo as you head into an election cycle and also in the future with Beyond the Bench, how do they stay in touch with you? So I am on Facebook. Um, I have a page. It's Judge Gina Russo. I also have my personal uh, Facebook page, which is just Gina Russo. Um, I'm on Instagram at GRRUSSO2021. I'm on Twitter at Judge Gina Russo. I'm on LinkedIn at Judge Gina Russo. Uh, And I have a website um, that is GinaRussoForJudge.com. So you can find me any um, of those places. You can also email me at JudgeGinaRusso at gmail.com. Uh, I do pride myself on uh, giving out my personal email uh, and being very responsive. Great, great. Okay. Well, Judge Gina Russo, thank you for joining us. Continue doing what you do. Uh, hopefully the voters of Franklin County will take a good listen and recognize that you are one of the bright spots in our community. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, PJ. Hey, thanks for giving us your time to listen. You've been listening to Fill in the Blank with Sean Parker, where we talk about the issues of politics and the geopolitical marketplace, as well as economics. If you like our channel, please subscribe to us at Fill in the Blank on YouTube, and be sure to listen every week as we come back to you with some of the most thought-provoking people of the day, and learning is always the key to what we're trying to do.